Hello, and welcome to the Cruel Summer Podcast. I'm James. And I'm Marco Sparks. Hi. Hello, hello. We're back. Season one, episode seven. Happy birthday, Kate Wallace. Mm-hmm. What a nice birthday. This episode written by Savannah Ward, a staff writer on the show, directed by Alexis Ostrander, who looks to have done lots of TV stuff. Uh, Riverdale, Nancy Drew, Con- Condor, Supergirl, Shadowhunters. Okay. Mm-hmm. A lot of like that CW freeform. Milu, the the alloy. I, I guess that's not all alloy. Um, no, yeah. No. Um, some follow up. Uh, Amara told us that newspapers can print the names of minors if they are quote unquote lawfully obtained. I don't know if that's true, or I don't know what that means. <laughs> um, I feel like it's more of an ethical thing than a legal thing. Is which is what she also said might be differing policies from you know publication mm-hmm. to publication. Um. I'm assuming Haley, but uh, at Hazebian on Twitter uh, mentioned being once in a similar situation to the, the carnival Gideon thing where after rejecting a guy, an adult basically told her off and it's fucking brutal, man. It's, I mean, it's essentially like he's, I don't know if we actually said these words. He's essentially reinforcing the patriarchy to Jeanette, you know, like don't, 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 uh, don't treat one of my, my, my future men this way. Mm-hmm. Um, this vile uh, question from Chantel. Was the most popular girl in our high school more like the stereotypical mean girl we see in fiction? Uh, yeah, I saw this question the other day on Twitter. I was trying to think who was the most popular girl in high school. Um, for my class, I, I feel like I can I can think of who it was for like other grades, but mm-hmm. I don't know if there was one girl in my grade that like you would point to and be like, "That's the girl." I don't know. I feel like we had maybe four Kate Wallaces. Okay. Like in, uh, in your grade or in my grade? But both. Okay. I was much more in tuned a lot sometimes with your grade than I was my grade. Hmm. But uh like I remember who the most popular girl in my you know, last few years of grade school and like she maintained her crown mm-hmm. going through my grade of like junior high. And then like freshman year was a much like obviously things that happened in her life. Yeah. Um she she became a Jeanette Turner, a ninety five Jeanette Turner. <laughs> oh, that's too bad. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't, I never knew any of the like super popular girls enough to say whether or not they're like secretly mean or a uh, Kate Wallace, I guess. Um, I mean, I, I just remember having a math class with one of the, the girls who was like the best friend to one of the popular cheerleaders and her mm-hmm. talking about like the quite frankly banana shit they would do at parties <laughs> Uh, and this was like my first real glimpse of like, oh shit, the things that movies tell me, the ways that the ways that movies tell me that you kids party, you actually maybe do, but it's like sloppier than I realized. Okay, cool. Everyone's having more fun than me in high school. Awesome. So anyway, right. this episode, this episode. Uh, events about to unfold take place approximately August 29th, 93, 94, 95. Another two weeks later. Uh, 93, Kate wakes up in her bed, eyeballing her pink bunny from the carnival with, that, with a big smile. Also, Dreams by Gabrielle is playing. <laughs> this is, again, the song that Quiz Kid Donnie Smith has always listened to Magnolia, and it's the song Jeanette Turner has listened to when she woke up on her birthday in 93. Yeah, and in case it wasn't obvious, this is a Kate episode. So yeah, we're going to be sticking with Kate. Kate is, uh, the, the smile she has for this stupid bunny that it's, it's not like Martin gave it to her. She like won it, but it's, but it's, it's kind of, in her mind. It's kind of as though he's given it to her at a fair. Like, I think she's projecting romance onto it, which yeah. wouldn't normally be there if he just like won it from the carny, you know? 
And it's wretched because when she smiles like that, it's like you want to be happy for her, but no. no. Um, but uh, she's got that kind of, you know, like young girlish dorky thing where she even says to herself, happy birthday, Kate Wallace. I don't think I've ever said that to myself when I woke up on my birthday. Maybe I should start. Uh, this might be the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we got to 94 and a more reserved Kate Wallace is typing away in her next computer, chatting away with Baroniki <laughs> in 4. In some sweats. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Baroniki 4 is wondering if she still can't sleep. And Kate says she can't sleep as uh, as long as the cops can't find anything to charge Jeanette with. Uh, there's a fascinating shot here that's like the POV inside the computer with the text oh, yeah. backwards. Mm-hmm. It's like we're like looking at the other side of Tony Stark's cell phone. <laughs> Um, and Bernicke suggests uh, drownings. I, every time I look at this the way it's typed in my thing, I, I want to say Bernice. Yeah, 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 no. I might have even said Bernice like the first or second episode. Mm-hmm. But uh, Bernicke suggests like drowning uh, sorrows in a birthday cake. And Kate's like, just casually can't do that after he used food to control me. And Bernicke's like, oh, it's like hunger strike, like getting control back or something. Um, and then Rod and Joy walk in. Rod says, happy birthday, sweet girl. And Joy has a, a big present for Kate. She uh, has gotten Marsha Bailey show has invited you to be a guest. What a present. Yeah. Go if on national want. TV. Yeah. If you want Rod ads, but Kate does not. Also, let me just go ahead and just get this out of the way right now. Rod Wallace is fucking awesome, especially in this episode. What a great dude. I, I just, just want to hang out with Rod and listen seriously. to him. Tell me NASA trivia and, and just what a life. What a fucking dream that would mm-hmm. be. Watching I, just w- watching Groundhog Day, talking about NASA, maybe a couple stories from his football days. Just all sounds like good times. If if I was in a Groundhog Day situation where I had to <laughs> relive hanging out with Rod Wallace every day for the next ten thousand years, uh, yes, please. Mm-hmm. Um, also, he cooks. He cooks. <laughs> he makes a whole mess of muffins. When Rod did uh, off me, man. Yes, seriously, he's fucking great. Uh, Kate does not want to go on March of Bailey, by the way. Joy is worried that people will start to question well, Kate's I mean, story. look at Kate and be like, hey, do you want to go on national TV? And she's yeah. like, no. Yeah, but Joy's thing is like, you know, since the police had the audacity to not charge Jeanette, so Joy thinks that March of Bailey, like the March of Bailey bump will cement everyone on their side, but Kate doesn't care because people, what people think because she knows what happened. So Kate's had enough of this shit and she's like, I'm going back to bed. Uh, Rod's the one who's like more concerned with like not just like Kate's feelings but respecting Kate's feelings mm-hmm. so he's like yeah it's time for us to just back on out of here so uh, Joy adds in another happy birthday baby before <laughs> like they're kicked out and Kate just rolls her eyes like a teenager well just oh did I say happy birthday happy birthday baby yeah um, <laughs> I like how Joy highlights uh, Marsha Bailey's trustworthy nods getting people on her side the the details we find out about Marsha Bailey are hilarious. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so like Kate like, lays in bed. She rolls over. There's Kate Wallace. Like she rolls over. There's Kate Wallace in 95 now, laying in the same position. Rolls back the other way. And then, goddamn, fucking Mallory out of nowhere. <laughs> Just out of nowhere. Nah, what is she doing on her screen? Just oh, leaning God. over. She's sleeping next to her in bed and is now like trying to wake her up. Don't fucking tell me this is not classifying as a jump scare because mm-hmm. i lunged away from my like computer when i watched this the other day and her hair is very much like uh, i think people compared it to like daryl hannah and blade runner i feel like i'm the only person making that comparison okay. but god damn it she needs to be retired like daryl hannah and blade runner too wow yeah i said it um mm-hmm. kate's a little hungover mallory's a little fucking insufferable happy birthday happy friend anniversary. happy friend anniversary yeah Oof. 
Oof. Uh, so she goes in the bathroom. We focus on the door handle and match cut into a basement flashback. Um, where back in captivity, she's at the top of the stairs, like holding the door closed. And this scene is fascinating. I want to know what you're thinking about the way this is shot. Or Martin Harris is on the other side, presumably talking calmly to her, saying, like, I won't force my way in. He's like roasted her a chicken because she can't survive on protein bars alone. Well, the way it frames his face is always, you know, like like these like kind of side shots, like close up. It's it's framed in a way, and I and I don't think they're doing this. But it's framed in a way where you could make the argument later that she's imagining him in a weird I, way. I don't think she is. I don't think she is. But you know what I mean? Like there's like this kind of altered state. And granted, she's in an altered state. But like it's it's very weird where at times I was like, oh, it's very curious. Like they're really keeping the focus on her and her experience. But then they'll show him and like show off parts of him. I don't know. It's like artistically, it's it's very visually interesting. But um, Martin's like, you need to talk. You need someone to talk to. And she's like, I'll do plenty of talking when I get it the hell out of here and tell everyone how sicko you are. Um, he starts telling her basically like, oh, I didn't want to tell you this out of kindness, but like everyone's given up on looking for you. Everyone. Even by Jamie. The way, by the way, Jamie's dating Jeanette Turner. Get comfortable. This is your world now. Please. Oof. Um, yeah. So, you know, Kate's forced like processes and clearly starts to believe it on some level. I mean, this is kind of the... I don't know, like the formulation of some of the stuff that she's going to be feeling guilty about in previous episodes, I think, where he's he's psychologically manipulating her and it appears to start to be working. Um, but I think a lot of people had theorized that at one point he would tell her about Jamie and Jeanette and sure enough, he does, mm-hmm. you know, and whether or not that is potentially influencing her memory or not, I guess we'll have to wait and see. But she knows yeah. while she's in captivity that Jeanette is like stealing her life, basically. <sighs> yeah. So title card and then 93. Uh, Jamie's over at the Wallace house, chilling in the kitchen of Rod Wallace. And I just want to live in this moment forever. Not with Jamie, though. <laughs> but Rod's like really looking forward to the replay of the Endeavor launch. And Jamie doesn't know about space. I did just the briefest research in the space shuttle Endeavor, which went into space 25 times, starting in 92, ending in 2011. The most recent launch prior to this was probably June 21st, 93. So <laughs> a little bit of time beforehand. Just the fact that like a month later, Rod Wallace is like watching the 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 repeat of this is <laughs> well, extra hilarious do you think that that is where kate learned about antipodes it's like some nasa trivia from rod would that really be a nasa trivia uh, i mean it's like i don't know related it's not, to it's, planets it's not, it's not per se a geographical term i don't think <clears throat> yeah i don't know it means the opposite of things so i don't know maybe i mean i feel like I'll put it this way. I feel like Rod Wallace coming into Kate's life has been nothing but good mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, Jamie changes the subject to say that he's planning on getting Kate a promise ring for her birthday. And Rod's like, well, that's pretty dumb and a pretty big <laughs> commitment for 16. Uh, we learned that Jamie wants a big family. That's, that's what he wants in Kate. his future. Yeah. He sees the future of Kate. And Rod's just like, sure. <laughs> sure. Uh, upstairs Joy comes to get Kay's doing her makeup and she's just like darling if you don't save Jamie daddy will drown him in NASA trivia which is like fucking awesome bring I it on I feel like that's an interesting detail about Jamie He's, he says it's only him and his mom and he wants a, a big family so it, yeah. it's like a little Harry Potter there <laughs> he's the alcoholic who lives under the stairs uh, we find out that Kate's like going out with her friends to the mall. But is expected to be back by 7 p.m. sharp for a birthday gathering with the Wallace family friends. And ding dong. Oh, there's Scott with the flowers. 
Well, so, and Kate is talking some some shit to her mom about like, oh, maybe there's a person in particular that you got all dressed up for early, and then her mom uh, just has to be her horrible self. Well, the the it's it's almost musical the way she mm-hmm. says, "Surely you remember what happened the last time you snooped your way into a hollow hunch." Yeah, I so feel why like don't that you line was would... getting ready instead of ruining your own birthday by picking a fight. Wow. Yeah. Uh, then she kisses top of her daughter's head and says, "Happy sweet 16. <laughs> Jesus. Why don't you pour a cocktail on her head while you're mm-hmm. at it? Uh, 94, ding dong at the Wallace house. Joy opens the door and God damn it, it's Mallory. Um, and I and I want to hate Joy and I do in this episode, but there are certain small moments where she looks Mallory up and down and says, whatever you're selling, we're not <laughs> interested in, honey. Oh. Yeah. Joy, Joy clocked a, a bad influence right away. Goth Eddie Haskell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, then Kate shows up out of nowhere, thrilled that Mallory actually came and pulls her inside, and Joy is flabbergasted. Um, upstairs uh, c- in Kate's room. Cut to Mallory, like, examining, like, the lace skirt on the bed. Like, is she one of those weird people who just, like, gets in all your shit if you invite her inside? Well, she's just, like, blown it. This is how the other half lives, huh? Mm-hmm. Um, so Rod shows up and asks, you know, what Kate wants for a birthday snack, and he sees Mallory and just herself, and, and, and urges himself, and Mallory's just like, yeah, or I'm sorry, do you have it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure the whole country knows who you are. Do you have her follow-up line? Hardly anyone knows who I am, and I love snacks. And Red Wallace is like, why don't you get the fuck out of my house? <laughs> uh, but he's it's like, I wish you were smaller so I could throw you like a football out that window. <laughs> out of my life. He's going to whip up a surprise, and you know <laughs> what? It's not going to be pizza rolls. <laughs> hey, Mallory, go deep. No, just keep going. Keep going. <laughs> Oh, that's my fan fiction beginning. Um, Mallory is shocked that it's Kate's birthday that she, Mallory, is who was invited over. And so am I. And then I mean, this, is, this is some like creepy Jeanette vibes a little, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's just like, oh, my God, I can't believe Kate Wallace invited me, you know? Uh, spoiler for episode eight. All of my theories about Mallory, I feel like, are, are vindicated in episode eight. Yeah. Um, but Kate mentions that she hasn't really had an appetite lately. And Mallory's like, want to get high? <laughs> Yes, that's exactly what she says. She's tally. Yeah. Uh, 95, Kate's like listening to her tapes out of her time. No, Mal- what Mallory is- says instead of want to get high, she says, I may have a remedy for that particular ailment. Oh, she's just dreadful and a bad influence. Um, Kate's listening to the tapes of uh, her and Sylvia, the therapist, in 95. And Sylvia's like, do you want to try and revisit Annabelle? So Kate turns off the tape and she's like, ooh, 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 because Mallory's there. Check this out. And like Mallory's thrilled that Kate's done since it's her birthday. Oh, and Mallory does not want her listening to those tapes. She really seems like I know it's supposed to be read as like concerned friend, but like it really seems like shit. What did you find? Mm-hmm. Um, but also, lol, that she's been listening to these tapes since circa July 15th. It's like she's found this old podcast and has been <laughs> desperately burning through the episodes to find that one. The worst podcast, yeah. But yeah, Kate's just like, are you done? Because those therapy tapes aren't exactly a birthday treat. Yeah. yeah. And she's like, no, I, I found, you know, some more Annabelle stuff. Let's listen together. And basically, like, we're hearing the Sylvia, the, the therapist, talk to Kate. And Kate's just like, who's Annabelle? Like, it's like, it's so like she's forgotten the previous session. Yeah, like a few sessions earlier, we found out. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, she starts, like, clearly having a panic attack and, like, flashing back to time in captivity. Well, it's like a trigger. Uh, it's like she can't remember yeah. who Annabelle is, but it's giving her PTSD. Yeah. 
after the commercial, it's 95. Kate's wondering like how an entire memory could fall out of her head and who the hell is Annabelle. And Mallory's like, let's give you a break, sport. Well, and briefly uh, when in those scenes where we're going between like 95 uh Kate, you know, the in therapy Kate, and then it cuts to like Kate in the dark, like lit from one side, like this is her actually meeting Annabelle, seemingly like in captivity. We, we have seen this shot before. Mm-hmm. At least once, maybe twice. So yeah, it's like this has definitely been there on the fringes waiting to poke through. But, um, you know, why give her a break? Kate asks, since Jeanette's lawyers won't. And Mallory says that Jeanette doesn't matter today, and it's your one-day vacation from all things shittery. <coughs> like Mallory. <coughs> um, so Mallory says that she has a surprise planned. And in case, To give like, credit gonna- to Mallory, this is a pretty good little birthday thing. I feel like this is just, this is the calm before the storm, but we'll see. Uh, I think we were all expecting a, a smooch or an attempted smooch, right? There, there are vibes. There are definitely some I, vibes. Yeah. I think we were all expecting that. But yeah, I just like that Kate's like, is it a good one? And LOL, Mallory just like shrugs. <laughs> <laughs> so they head down the wall of stairs. And of course, Joy shows up wanting to wish her Katie cat a happy birthday. And tell the lawyers are looking for a little more meat on the bone. So she's Tanya Peters and Desmond amount of nothing. And then Mallory has to walk forward, put her hand up to stop her. Like this is her house or something. And yeah. she says, Miss Wallace has employed me as the keeper of her birthday today. Uh, and Joy's okay. just like, the what? I mean, again, I'm not going to completely defend Joy, but like the you have to love the fucking disgust <laughs> yeah. on her face. Like she looks like she's about to spew acidic vomit on this pale moron. Um, yeah. Amazing. And she's like, Mrs. Wallace will not you know, engage today with any discussions about court or lawyers or anything legal. And, yeah, and Joy just blows right past that, and and then Mallory's just like, uh, 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 that sounds distinctly legal and very unpleasant, and so they're just like, bye. And I just like, I'm sure Mallory just loves being able to like run Kate's life for her here, oh, especially and also stick it to her mother, mm-hmm. um, which like maybe which, enjoying stick it to her mother too much. Well, I feel like for Kate, it's like this is very convenient. I don't want to have to deal with this. This other person's just going to take care of it for me. But Mallory, I feel like we've seen that she really is like she likes to control, you know, and this yeah, is like yeah. catnip to her. And it's I, I don't know if this is ultimately a good thing for Kate. No, 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 no. Uh, so speaking of bad days, uh, 93, Jamie, Kate, Renee, Tennille and Ben are getting some food at the mall food court. And Jamie Tennille whips- probably still thinking she's got a shot with Ben. Yeah, unfortunately, um, she's got a shot with me back in 95. Uh, Jamie whips out his present for Kate, a promise ring. And 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 wow what is sell it he's like she's like oh my god he's like relax it's just a promise ring and she's like just a promise ring well also i don't know like doing this in front of your friends it's not quite the like proposing in public but like it's on that spectrum of like uh-huh. Uh-huh. is this is this public like do you want to just do this you know maybe just you and me alone instead of our friends watching awkwardly it's so fucking telling this moment though because clearly you can tell that though it's just a promise ring it's a big deal to kate and he's acting like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. But like at the same time, it's obviously like a trap. Like she's going to feel slightly like slightly suffocated. I wouldn't call by it a him. trap. I think it's just a sign that they're in different places in this relationship. True, true. But I mean, it's <laughs> it's him being somewhat possessive and her and, and having that solidified and her feeling like I don't well, know. She's if been I'm she's been this. slowly like drifting apart from Jamie. It seems like over this summer, yeah. and but I, he's like, let's like make a commitment. Yeah, but I think that like at the beginning of the summer, 
if he'd given her a promise ring, like the, I feel like she takes that kind of thing seriously. Like this would be a big deal to her. Also, it's an deal. emerald. So okay. There's a parallel coming later in the episode, but yeah, mm. green gem. Yeah. So we hear Mallory's voiceover of this, that this was a magical, magical gift. Uh, 94, there's Kate and Mallory eating nachos stoned on the floor of Kate's bedroom. Like the nachos you make yourself or you just like great cheddar cheese over chips. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, are these Rod Wallace nachos? I, Rod Wallace could do much better than that. I think they made these themselves. <laughs> like, is he still in the kitchen making a snack? And they're just like making nachos. He's making uh, one of those things where you like get the blowtorch out. Uh, like oh, like or, a, or like, like baked Alaska or something. Yeah. 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 He's got like the special cooking blowtorch, <laughs> like flambe shit. Yeah, he's like he's like doing some kind of like ice carving thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> God, I want a nice presentation, and he, he's just like coming back, and it's like, oh, they went to the video store and just like ate a bunch of nachos, and there's chips all over the floor. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, can you imagine going to a party in which both Peter Hastings and Rod Wallace are invited? Wow, I just like how can I be sandwiched between the two of you all night long? <laughs> Um, so Ashley shows up, thrilled to see that Kate's eating, quickly realizes that they're high. She's not going to narc on them because she dabbles herself. And Mallory offers, you know, do you want to dabble and watch a movie with us? And Ashley's like, oh, you don't have to invite me. And Kate's like, it's just a movie. Like, mm. get off your fucking high horse. So Ashley looks kind of thrilled. So, so cut go- to the video store. It's Vince there. Welcome to Rent Tonight. And he, like, looks over and sees... Oh, look, it's Kate, it's Ashley, and it's Mallory. What the fuck? Yeah, and Mallory yeah. just kind of gives this like awkward wave to him. And he just basically goes over to her. He's like, what the fuck's happening right now? And she's like, what? You have other friends, including Jeanette. And he's like, yeah, but I've always been friends with Jeanette. You and Kate Wallace is pure Twilight Zone. Yeah. Can we, can we point out how you hated her earlier this summer? And And not just Twilight Zone, guys. It's like twilight zone movie specifically the john landis one like the one where somebody <laughs> the one or, died the one or two for kids real. get decapitated yeah 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 um anyways the look on her face is a, a slight indicator of maybe her being in love with kate and like a little just dis, like disheartened that he would say he would poo poo that mm-hmm. um meanwhile kate and ashley which i never realized that, that sounds so much like mary kate and ashley hmm. but kate and ashley are like looking through the aisle of they, the movie for a movie they together. pick out like a silent film it's like it's some like a, some Charlie Chaplin shit or something. Yeah, it's like some fucking like Buster Keaton number mm. or whatever. Um, and I love like I love Stone Kate. Like when when uh, when asked what she thinks of it, it's just like oldie timey and weird and cool. <laughs> and now she's like, oh, I'm into it. And uh, like Kate's like, you don't have to say that because it's my birthday. And now she's like, do you know me to be full of shit? <laughs> what a uh, response! I start using yeah. that in my life. Do you I'm know? Sorry, me do you know me to be shit? full of shit? I also want to say that things are oldie timey. Mm-hmm. Um, so later they're watching uh, moving Kate's living room. Again, it's some kind of Buster Keaton shit. And hi, Mallory's like, I'm a fan of the Wallace girls. Uh, yeah. Kate's talking about my mom wants me to go on TV and talk about getting kidnapped. <laughs> and yeah, Ashley's just like, well, she's being really insensitive. And they a little bit of talk about the mom here. And it's like, maybe you're right. And then Ashley very diplomatically says, maybe we, we both have unrealistic versions of her in our heads. Well, it's it's kind of a fascinating moment because, yeah, Kate's like, maybe you, you maybe you were right about her all along, Ashley. Mm-hmm. And then Ashley's like, not Mallory. She's just like, no, I wasn't right. But like, neither of us was right about her. She's this whole other thing. Right? It's like, I don't know. It's like, she's kind of cool. Well, and it's like not using that as an opportunity to drive a wedge between yeah. Kate, Kate and Joy, you know? 
Here's a ref- here's a refreshing splash of water. She's not trying to manipulate Kate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, then on screen, it's like a woman with an umbrella is like trying to get away from somebody's chasing her, and this starts to trigger some PTSD for Kate. And she kind of sitting up. She's just like, "Why isn't she running faster? Like you need to run faster." And you're like flashing back to Kate running up the stairs and Martin Harris coming after her. It's clearly uh, maybe not a good idea to to watch a movie about somebody being chased. I think you never know what's going to trigger you. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. like, like they've been talking about before, like sometimes watching the scary movies is like comforting. It's like, it, it, it kind of reduces your anxiety in this case. I think I, there's no way she could have expected this. I think after this show, I'm always going to be freaked out by like dudes in short shorts. That's a like running up the stairs to come get you. Yeah. Yeah. That's a reasonable, I don't wear them anymore after the one time of helping our friend Jason do the pool man thing. And, uh, my stuff was hanging out one of the legs while mm. I was okay. scooping. And I was like, that's embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So Kate's lost in her own trauma, like yelling, like run faster. And so she sees herself right at the top of the stairs. He's gaining on you. He's going to get you run. The door's locked. I think we saw this in what was this? Uh, two or four. Like we saw this in one of the episodes earlier. Yeah. It's another Kate episode where she's like, tries to run up the stairs to escape and he chases her because he's, he's yeah. locked the door. Yeah. So after the commercial, it's later. And Ashley's like opening the curtains. We see it's still daytime and the lights are on now. And Kate's like taking a moment on the couch to recover. And Ashley points out that, you know, hey, stone paranoia is a real thing. And Kate's like, yeah, so is PTSD. Mm-hmm. Um, then she apologizes for coming off like a little rough there. But, you know, it's the truth. And Ashley's like, hey, I'm good at the truth. Like, you don't have to apologize. It's like, I don't know, man. It's like we're shockingly healthy for a TV show. Well, I mean, I think at this point, Ashley has been secretly talking to her as Bernicky, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think she she understands Kate a little better now, and so she's more equipped, as underhanded as it may be, to like secretly be talking to her. She she knows how to the, to handle Kate now. The thing that I'm so worried about with Ashley is at some point she's going to be like, yeah, by the way, I'm going to abnormal psychology as a major or something <laughs> like that. You know what I mean? Like, or I mean, like even then, you could play it as like this horrible thing happened to my 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 uh, what is it stepsister half stepsister half sister or yeah half. No, stepsister. No, yeah. No, it's it's much more safe in a porn way for mm-hmm. stepsisters. Um, I'm I'm like this thing happened to my stepsister, and it's made me really curious how I can help other people. That's one way to play it, I guess. Anyway, um, Joy comes in having heard screaming, and Ashley covers and says it's just a movie. Mallory so, uses this opportunity to get the fuck out of there because she's starting her new shift at her new gig at the roller rink. She says gig a lot. Mm-hmm. You just know she says gig a lot. Uh, but she wishes hey, Kate a happy birthday and leaves. Do you think Mallory still works at that roller rink? Well, we know she does it a year later. Like, but like, you know, in the theoretical. Like in 2021? Yeah. Just, How old would she just be like, in 2021? Just like voice like an ashtray now. Yeah. I mean, she'd, she'd be, you know, two years older than us. So she'd be like 42. Oh, fuck. We're old. Um, <laughs> yeah. She's like, welcome to skate tonight. <laughs> I still don't know how to skate. I'm sorry, but I still don't know how to skate. After this, do you want to go watch Clerks? Two. Did yeah, they Clerks. make a Clerks three? I I can't remember if they did or not. They might have. Uh, I I, I kind of lost track of Kevin Smith's career after Clerks two. There was Clerks two. There was a Clerks animated series. What was mm-hmm. his last movie? He did Tusk. Red State, Tusk. He's doing a lot of like the speaking tours, right? Yeah, let me take a look at his IMDb. He just he does weird indie stuff that like goes straight to video and whatnot. Um, Clerks three 
is announced, I guess. Okay, so at some point, Clerks 3 is coming. I feel like Dante and Randall are thrilled. Jane Sound Bob of, reboot. Did that happen? The, this, I think this that is 2019. Huh. I remember Strikes Back, and I never saw the reboot. This motherfucker um, has a, a movie called Killery was here coming out. Spelled with two L's. I don't know how I feel God about that. Damn you. Maybe <laughs> Just really embedding the product placement. <laughs> cop now. out with uh, Bruce oh, Willis. Oh, Bruce Willis. And then like he did like a whole one of his like speaking tours where he's like, hey, Bruce Willis is a fucking douchebag. Yeah. He's done some episodes of The Flash and Supergirl. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Like the, towards the beginning. Um shit, what was I gonna say? I don't remember. Um, oh, like Rosario Dawson marries one of the guys in Clerks 2. Dante, I think, yeah. The only line I remember from that is uh, she gets upset because the one that she's going to marry confuses the pink eye with the brown eye. I don't know. That's mm. always stuck with me. Anyway, so Joy wants to talk some more about Marsha Bailey, and Kate says no again. So Ashley leaves to go check her email. Um, now alone with her daughter, Joy you know, counters that it's an honor since Marsha Bailey has, has interviewed presidents and Whoopi Goldberg. And Kate's just like, and Miss Piggy that one time. It starts laughing. Well, and it's like they have this half a moment. Oh, it's so nice to see you smiling. Wait, are you high? Yeah. yeah. That's not a good look. And yeah, Kate's just like, to who? Yeah. Um, and then Kate says at one point, can you please leave me alone so you don't make my birthday suck as much as it did last year? Oof. Oof. Speaking of last year at the mall, Tanil has busted out the like uh, pink, like blinged out flask from her purse. And I, I really want to know what kind of alcohol is in this flask because it's not a very big flask. And Jamie is completely shit faced. Is this like Everclear or something? Like, no, no, it's, it's probably like it's, Malibu rum or something. Like, I don't know. Maybe Jamie's a lightweight. I will bet you $25 it's Bacardi because mm-hmm. that was like in every parent's. Every every teen impromptu drinking session I had, it was Bacardi. It was a Bacardi party. But yeah, so Tanil's like, happy birthday, Biatch. So Kate hesitates and Jamie's like, more for me. <laughs> We're celebrating, right? Uh, Jamie's becoming fun Bobby from Friends here. But uh, Jamie's got a whole other host of problems. Uh, 94, Kate's still in the living room and Rod Wallace has brought her more food. She asks, what's up with all the food? And he says that he uh, took up cooking after she went missing. He says, I needed something to do with my hands, with my mind. Says that he baked a whole whole mess of muffins and he found that no one in his house had an appetite. And Joy donated them to the church. And Kate's just like, what a saint. Yeah. Just like Uh, she wants me to go on the Marsha Brady show. Like it's for my benefit. So Rod says, you know, hey, Joy's heart's in the right place this time. And she's like, you always take her side. It's like, you know, this is clearly about something bigger. And so he can't avoid saying what he needs to say anymore. And so he says, uh, no, I did last year. I thought, you know, let Joy call the shots of her daughter. But Kate, honey, you're my daughter too. Since the day I met you. And I will never forget myself for not making that clear last year. And he's like, stops because he's emotional. What a great dude. Uh, Yeah. And she's like, how did you forgive her? And he's like, losing you was an earthquake. Everything else felt like a speed bump. We need to talk about Rod Wallace here. This actor, Benjamin J. Kane Jr. is fucking great. He's in Panic, whatever this like show on Amazon just came out. This dude has had a shit fucking ton of small roles on like the past 20 years on his IMDb, uh, including, are you ready for this? Sure. Small part in Dogma. Oh, wow. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Um. 
So, yeah, so she asked, you know, if he thinks she's going to Marsha Bailey. And he's like, I don't think you, I think you shouldn't discount it just because it's mom's idea. Mm-hmm. Diplomatic. Uh, yeah. So then Joy comes in right then and tells him to turn on the news. Um, we hear news reporters saying that Kate Walls wasn't the first minor that Martin Harris had his eye on. And Joy's like, how is this pervert still getting airtime from beyond the grave? <laughs> uh, back in 93, the girls, Kate and Renee and Tennille, are walking through the mall. Oh, I, I don't think we've mentioned yet, but Kate is wearing a uh, purple dress with like kind of like lavender polka dots on it. This yeah. is the dress that she was reported as missing in like, from an yeah. earlier episode. So uh, we know it's going down today at some point. <laughs> yeah. Tennille likes the skirt that she got from Contempo Casuals, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. She's got a Tower Records bag. Love that. Goes to Tower Records, buys some CDs. Yeah, and then Ben and Jamie show up just doing some kind of general grab ass and, you know, joshing around, spilling some booze on Kate's dress, just being dumb boys. It's 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 clear that this sloppy drunk Jamie is probably the only person who's, like, gotten a hit off this flask. <laughs> um, he wants to see the ring on Kate's finger and then, like, while horse playing with Ben, he like spills booze on her dress. And it's like, honestly, I'm shocked there's any booze left in that flask for you to spill, Jamie. Yeah, really? So he's going to get some napkins and she needs them to hurry because she needs to get home. And she's already, it's already past seven. And the girls are freaking out these stains and they don't look that bad. And the, the fucking crime here is that everyone else bounces on like, hey, Kate, you take care of Jamie. He's your boyfriend after all. I mean, yeah. come on, Ben. Take this piece of shit off her hands. Yeah, really. Just be like, I'll handle this guy, Kate. You you go home and change or whatever. You know? Yeah, seriously. Come on, Ben. Um, 94, Kate turns off the TV. We skipped over the, the part before we, this cut, which is just an unnamed team from Goda Falls, alleging she had a close call of now dead assistant principal long before his move to Skyland, Texas. So we're back in 94. Um, and yeah, and you know, Joy is just mad. You know, how many monsters lie? How many lies did that monster damage? And and Kate is like annoyed by this. She's like, yeah. this other girl shouldn't equate what happened to her to, with what happened to me. You know, like the the way the news is framing it's a wild exaggeration. And and they're like, well, what are you talking about? And she's like, Martin told me about you know this girl. Like it's it's weird how she has this like kind of like like ownership. She's like, no no no, no. I'm not letting anyone else try to try to like claim my trauma here. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I know all about her. Martin told me about her, and you can tell they're creeped out by that about the idea of like it's almost as though she's she's not defending martin but she's like it, it's kind of claiming personal knowledge there that it's like weirding them out it's like a tanya situation yeah yeah it's a, it's a little bit of the same thing where it's just like wait what are you talking about potentially it mm-hmm. also it's it's certainly coming off to them i think as like stockholm yeah yeah it's probably coming off like that a little bit and and it, and for all we know there could be a touch of it because you know that she's not going to clear the martin gunk out of her head for a long time mm-hmm. um so yeah she's like getting all spun up about it like rod's trying to calm her down and joy is just like use this go on marcia bailey <laughs> these people are lying one track to tell the truth yeah yeah um so 93 kate is helping a stumbling bumbling jamie out of the mall this pathetic sloppy motherfucking drunk and this was giving me some real uh mall rats vibes here yeah yeah <laughs> need to go see the uh the fortune teller the extra nipple the uh just the fucking thing where it's like what is the moves like sticking your hand up your own ass and then shaking <laughs> people's hand with it and also, you, can't, you can't it's like filmed in this kind of like overcast golden hour time which i don't know it's interesting that like, you normally just don't get that in tv shows where like the they, they get it at a particular time of day 
like you well, know capturing mm-hmm. capturing that after 7 p.m mm-hmm. you know someone wouldn't be necessarily be down just yet i forgot shannon doherty's a mole rats isn't she uh is she maybe she is i, I think she's, she's the one who B's goes into the bathroom girlfriend. and cries yeah because all, all I, they do is I, I go to his place yeah. and watch him play video games mm-hmm. yeah i kind of want to rewatch that movie That's maybe we happening. could do that for headcanon That'd be a wild, mm-hmm. wild, strange rewatch. Call um, me Danny. Call me Donnie. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> this sloppy motherfucker trips over nothing at one point. Um, and so she's like, you know, we got to find a way to get you home. And he's like, oh, I can drive. And she's like, no, you're, first of all, you're drunk. Second of all, you asshole, you dropped your keys in the fountain. <laughs> um, and then there's this amazingly awkward moment as he asks, like, what her favorite gift was. And she's just like, Oh, one time my daddy got me an original print of the talented Mr. Ripley by Patricia Highsmith. And he makes this uber sad face. And she's like, oh, 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 I thought you meant my second favorite gift <laughs> after, you know, Oof. the promise ring. Yeah. And then it's it's literally all it takes to make this loopy idiot happy. Also, talented Mr. Ripley, so fucking fitting. Uh, so we'll fucking see fitting. Jeanette reading it later as well. Um, and he kind of turns her here and is just like, you know, what do you really want in the future? Kate, you know, I want to really big buy you a big old house and have a big old family. And it's, she just, she's like a million miles away from this. She's just yeah. like, yeah, you're drunk. And I'm just agreeing with you to like, you know, get out of the situation. But you can tell that like her mind is not in the same place. But, but she wouldn't be there even if things were perfectly fine. If mm-hmm. he wasn't like probably pissing himself. Um, 95, Mallory and Kate end up somewhere. I ask you, how does the light situation work here? You know, how does she turn all the lights on at once? While she's standing in the middle of the skate rink with Kate. Yeah, Kate's blindfolded. Um, It's interesting that that she will allow Mallory to blindfold her. The only person she would allow to Mm -hmm. blindfold her, uh, Kinky, and also Tada, because all the lights come on. Who turned all these lights on? And Mallory studies Kate's face, and she's like, oh, shit, you think it's lame. And Kate says she doesn't think it's lame. You know, the last two birthdays, she gave up on never having a good one again. She doesn't know how she'd be still standing without Mallory. And Mallory's just like, that's because I'm manipulating you like a puppet master. Mm. Um, man, I really hate her. Wow. I'm so sorry, everyone. It's just becoming more and more <laughs> apparent. Uh, I mean, I do think these scenes feel very wholesome. Um, yeah, it, it's yeah. so wholesome, in fact, that it's almost like it feels too nice for Kate. Yeah. Because it's like, well, this is episode seven. So, like, when is the shoe going to drop on this? You know, like, you seem too happy right now. Okay, well, let me, let me spin off something since we're a Mayor of Easttown podcast. Mm-hmm. Siobhan's awesome second girlfriend <laughs> makes a great point in one episode that, like, something doesn't have to be good or doesn't have to last to be good. Mm-hmm. I think I, uh, Vision said that in Age of Ultron. Quite possibly. That's true. So... There you go, Siobhan, like your girlfriend's a uh, fucking plagiarist. Um, but secondly, like not every single moment you spend of a toxic person is bad. You yeah. know what I mean? You could have good moments that You're could be You're saying that generally... Mallory isn't the devil all the time. No, exactly. I mean, who can keep that up? Mm-hmm. I can't keep that up. Uh, so how did she make this place, this work since this place is always packed? And Mallory's just like, uh-huh, humble brag. I'm the new assistant manager and the perks are lame, but your assistant manager keys, is like a, what? 17 year old girl. 
sure. She's like the perks are lame except for having the keys and the ability to close for maintenance, which I feel like Mallory gets fired the next day because <laughs> the owner realizes a there's no revenues coming mm-hmm. in, b there was no bullshit maintenance thing, and also you're telling me that one of these employees wasn't upset they didn't get a shift. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? <laughs> I I don't know. Like I, I I don't know if I've ever gone to a roller rink where it's been like packed. You know, like it's I've only like ever gone during there. the day. Yeah, I've only ever gone during the day. Yeah. So we get uh, Olivia Holt's cover up today by the Smashing Pumpkins, which I knew that this was coming a few weeks before. So I didn't know that it was coming in relation to the show. I don't know hmm. why. Um, um, but so but they, it's great. They Mallory like they get out this like box of like I don't know costumes or whatever that presumably that they just have for like games at the roller rink and it, Mallory or not Mallory yeah Kate puts on this big like feather boa like multicolored boa and these like kind of like alien ear headbone or alien antenna, antenna like a uh, headband thing. Um, it uh, is a look I gotta say the just like the grunge outfit with the uh, the, the antenna and the feather boa. That's that's they, the '90s dream right there. They are initially sitting on that counter, sixteen candle style. Mm-hmm. Um, they, so Mallory, yeah, they go out and they're they're dancing, and Mallory's a bad skater, and so like Kate's like you know holding hands as they dance. I mean, it is it would not be unexpected for them to kiss during this scene. Like it's it's framed and shot very romantically, you know, like their or legs, the attempt their legs drifting closer together, them like clinking their like uh, ring pops, which is also a green ring pop. It's like this is the good promise ring, you know, as yeah. opposed to the bad one. Well, I mean, someone once told me that like um, like a girl's first love is like her best friend. Mm-hmm. Like that's, you know, and that's kind of the difference between like, I think the way men and women look at friendships is partly why you have fucking dirt bags flipping out about the friend zone. Mm-hmm. And like, it's how pe- men and women perceive friendships and love. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a sweet moment. I mean, this is, this is, you know, if Mallory's trying to make a move, this is the move. Like, the only thing more stereotypical would be the, uh, hey, could you lean over me and show me how to shoot pool or whatever? <laughs> um, uh, Kate says best birthday ever. So seems yeah. she seems very happy. She seems too happy. It's like, okay, well, clearly like something bad is going to befall this relationship. Yeah. So 93 outside of Martin Harris's house at night. Kate and Jamie are there. <laughs> it's the Jamie's best thing a- Jamie does on this show. He's about to piss in Martin Harris's bushes when Martin Harris comes out and finds them. Does, he, does Martin just, Harris seem a little too touchy or is this normal to be like, hey, who's out there? Yeah, I kind of was wondering, was like he being bullied or people like throwing eggs at his house or mm-hmm. something? I mean, I don't know why they would yet other than him just being... He's not even like started as the assistant principal yet. Yeah, he's also once again in short shorts. Of course he is. So he just fucking lives in those things off duty. It's, it's summer, man. Mm-hmm. Gotta, let the, gotta let them thighs out. <laughs> um, yeah, Jamie, though, just loses his balance and falls over again. I mean, it, it, we don't see it happen, but he's definitely pissing himself there, right? Oh, absolutely. Like, absolutely. those are some wet pants. There's there's potentially one moment where he has, like, a, a, a St. Louis arch of piss into his own mouth. <laughs> I'm not saying. I'm just saying it's, it's possible. Is that uh, what it's called? <laughs> Or are you just that, making that terminology up? This is the first thing I could think okay. of. I don't know how to. I don't know how to describe. I don't. <laughs> I don't get into a lot of piss play myself, though. I'm just trying to find my words here. Mm-hmm. Um, but Kate must have led them here for help, uh, which is interesting because well, not not interesting. It's not that surprising, but like she doesn't live that far away, but she came specifically here. Mm-hmm. And uh, Martin offers to give them a ride, and she's like, "Oh, that'd be very cool of you." Yeah, because he's like, "This guy's in no position to walk." What I'm wondering is like, okay, cut to them in the car. Where's Jamie? They just leave him uh, there. They take him home first. 
I presume that they've just dropped him off. Yeah, presumably, yeah. But but it's it's just Martin and Kate in the car. I mean, if Jamie's just like in the backseat of his pants around his ankles still like the whole time, that's that's kind of hilarious. Mm-hmm. Like he's, he, he's in out. the trunk. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah, they're in the car alone together later. And she's talking about her mom is gonna be pissed, like Jamie, for her having kept a whole dinner party of people waiting. And he's like, We're only human, right? There's and, she's just kind of confide confiding in him about just like holding on to the secret and you know, just going through some tough teenage times, and he's really there for her. I found it fascinating that he he doesn't push too much here. I mean, I guess he doesn't really need to. Mm-hmm. Or I think I think this episode kind of indicates that Martin Harris is somewhat aware of his urges. Yeah, and might be fighting them. Maybe a little. Yeah. Um, yeah, um, but she's saying, you know, I've still got this big secret. I know you told me to choose my battles, but I don't unload this. I think I'm gonna explode. And it just says, sounds like it's time to shed some light on the situation. Yeah, and she's like, she puts his her hand on his on the gear shift and says, "That's exactly what I need to hear." Like, definitely has an effect on him. Mm-hmm. Um, so she gathers up her stuff, goes inside. Um, house is quiet. Joy's already like re- ready to tear into her. Well, she gets in, and it's like this shot from like a, a dark living room, like into like the you know the foyer. And I was really expecting like a surprise thing to happen, but no, mm-hmm. there's no one here. Joy's just waiting alone and being like, "I sent everyone home because you suck and you were late." And you're reeking of cheap booze. Mm-hmm. Um, so Joyce says everyone showed up at the party seven. Like she sent them home. Her excuse was that Kate had food poisoning. Was puking her guts up, which might still happen. I mean, it's partially my understanding, but I think Joy is toxic in her own way, where she just wants to reinforce this narrative in which Kate needs to be under her control. Well, and, and, and Joy is just like, why? She she says she wasn't drinking. And Joy's like, why should I believe you? And and Kate says, I'm not the one in this family with an honesty problem. And then Rod walks in. Well. Joy pauses for a moment. She knows exactly what Kate's talking yeah. about, but then she's just like, she puts on this immediate act. Like, I don't know what on earth you're referring to. Yeah. Um, oh, poor Rod. I mean, obviously my heart's been breaking for Kate. My heart broke in a whole other way when Rod Wallace walked in and I was like, run you handsome prince. <laughs> this will destroy you. Oh, and he has to walk in you're and be like, good for this you world. Know, what's going on. And, and it's like, you can just see like, Kate's looking to Joy and just being like, are you going to make me say it? Okay, you know. Yeah. And she's like, you know, at the night after the garden party, you know, you thought I was sleeping, but I came down for some water and I saw you. And Rod's like, sorry, doing what? And then suddenly Joy is like, oh, fuck. And she's like, Katie oh. Cat, you know, you and I never fought before. We're just no good at it. Before we say, Let's stop before we say any mean things that we, you know. Let me just okay. So let me clarify when I when I when I say that there's a part of me that loves Joy. Andrea Anders is fucking great in this episode. Like she hmm. is playing such a a brilliant multifaceted like uh, Joy. Because I mean, I'm not saying anything Joy does is right at all. Uh, but I love she that has the show. <laughs> yeah, I love that show is like flawed though they may extremely be. Here they are, and Andrea Anders like fucking knocks them out of the park. But yeah, Rod senses something's very real here and asks Joy what what's what's what she been doing. And Kate says that she saw her mother kissing Scott Jones, and Rod's like, what the fuck? And Joy's like, I'm as shocked as you are. I mean, she's lying for attention, clearly. Well, well and then like, you know, like don't get on your high horse because you know, she accused you of having an affair a couple of weeks ago. And so it's like really using that against Kate, you know, to be like, Well, we can't trust you anyway. Meanwhile, creep central. Uh Martin Harris is like sitting in that living room we saw last week flipping through the channels frustratedly yeah 
Yeah, like there's a there's a news report about the Rodney King protests at one point. Um, he's like struggling with these like thoughts and urges. We see flashes of Kate at the carnival. We see like her taking his hand at the garden party. We see them her out walking at Hartswood. He's like thrown back like a belt of whiskey. It's uh, it's it's as though he's like it's the, the urges are overwhelming him. Yeah, uh, this is not uh, this is not your fun. Greg Turner has been drinking for 14 hours, kind of drinking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> This is uh this is well this is maybe the first time we've really seen this side of Martin Harris. Yeah. I mean we yeah. we've seen him when he's already kidnapped Kate, just being like this kind of weird controlling jailer or whatever. This is the first time yeah. where we've actually gotten the suggestion of his attraction to her, like you know, like out in the open like that. Um nineteen ninety four, Rod Wallace and Joy are like enjoying a drink of scotch together, some lit candles. Um and uh Joy says well, I'm glad Kate didn't miss Marsha Bailey just because it was my idea. Like I'm the wicked witch. Like she wants to have this conversation. It's not Rod Wallace's fault. Like, like it's his fault, but it's like, read the fucking room joy. Mm-hmm. But I like that. We kind of get a moment here where it's like, joy is like dropped the pageant mom. Yeah. Yeah. Facade. Like she's a little more real for her husband. And he's like, look, I'm sorry you heard that, but if you were the wicked witch, we wouldn't be married. God, he's a prince. Um, he can tell she wants to pick at it. So he tells her, let it out. And she starts to go on this whole thing about, you know, like, I'm Katie Cat's mother or whatever. And he shuts it down and points out that had she had an affair. She lied about it. They thought over it to finale survive. But if she ever, ever implies that he's not Kate's dad again, despite the fact that like blood doesn't bond them and they will not survive this one. It's like, God, yeah, damn, you're... the the line where she's like, well, I'm her mother. And he's just like, and I'm her father, <laughs> you know, like just fuck. Yeah. Rod, like telling joy, like you can't go around just implying that like, He's not, you know, the father that he doesn't matter in these situations. Look, I've never said this before in my life, and I'm sure that I'm saying it wrong, but go off King. Mm-hmm. Um, 93, picking him up back in that moment. Uh, Rod needs someone to start talking. <laughs> and like Joy was like, she's accusing you of having an affair a few weeks back, so don't get on your high horse. And he asked Kate, this is true. Uh, and Kate keeps trying to like, or Joy keeps trying to uh, paint Kate as like a lying brat from histrionics. And Kate's trying to tell Rod that she can't keep the secret anymore. So Joy grabs her stops her when Kate calls her a bitch. Uh, Joy slaps her daughter across the face. Yeah, damn. Yeah, and and then it, it, you know uh, Rod is just like Joy, and she's like Rod. My daughter is lying and calling me names, and I will discipline her as I see fit. And he just like he can tell he's like kind of caught off guard by this. He doesn't really know what to do, and he's looking at Kate, and he's just like, you know, this is the mistake he makes where he just, you know, it's like, okay, well, I'm going to let your mom handle this when clearly he didn't oh, want to. The heartbreaking moment where she, he looks at her and mm-hmm. you see the decision made. Uh, rewind just like 30 seconds. Again, praising Andrea Anders. Like, there's a moment after she slaps Kate where I think you can clearly see the horror. Like, the, that, what she's just done. Yeah. But, like, then she doubles back down in like the soap opera matriarch act. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but so just... The idea that Rod Wallace has to weigh if he actually has, I don't even know, jurisdiction mm-hmm. or whatever. It's just, it's heartbreaking. So Kate runs off. Um, 95, we're back in Kate's room. She's talking about how her calves are killing her and skating is so much more cardio than step class. And Mallory's been like raiding their donation box and found a printer. This, uh, I don't think she manufactured this moment, but it does seem suspicious. That, it does, that Mallory. It, it seems right? a little weird that Mallory is the one who found it. Like, I mean, I think we get confirmation in a little bit that it was, in fact, Joy who sent the note. But it's like, if 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 not for that, I would suspect that Mallory did this. Yeah, it's so like, it's like, oh, how convenient of you to to find this 
page jammed in this old printer that's the liar note there's also there's like a class thing here where it's just like Mallory's just like my family could really use a printer <laughs> and like Kate's just like oh that's our backup printer anyway yeah you can have that <laughs> so she like it's not broken it's just jammed she pulls this piece of paper out and she's like holy shit when she sees what it is um uh downstairs oh shit like uh Kate comes down to the kitchen where Joyce pours off a glass of wine and Kate looks resolute like she is she knows it's on this piece of paper and she is ready to fucking have at it so Kate just asked Joy, do you hate me? And Joy doesn't know what, why she would even ask her that. And then Kate slams another liar note down <laughs> on the counter. The jig is fucking up. I just like the idea of Joy printing out this note from like, you know, Microsoft Word 1.0 and the printer jams. So she just goes and gets another printer, like yeah, throws yeah. the old one away. Yeah. Her backup printer. She throws <laughs> her backup printer away. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, I absolutely want to write a number on a piece of paper and slide that across the table to somebody at one point in my life. But I also just want to slam a aha down on the table too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like her, her, um, she asked her mother if she printed this and cocked a story about someone sending to her. She clearly, she quickly gets the confirmation and clearly by joy dancing around it. Mm-hmm. And Kate's just like, it was you. How could you do this to me? Um, then after the commercial, meanwhile, your boy, your boy, Derek, Stick time. I mean, we start with just Ashley in in yeah. bed saying, so um, that happened. Then pan over. There's Derek shirtless next to her uh, in this just palatial dorm that Ashley appears to have. This dorm it's, is massive. She has her own bathroom. Also, this is at least like a full size bed. It's like it looks bigger than a twin to me. But it looks funny with the two of them. And they're, mm-hmm. they're playing yeah. it like it's too small for the two of them. But like. I know this is a TV show and there's talented people who set, do, do set dressing, but this room is super fucking decorated. I mean, people do go nuts with their dorms. They want to make them their own, but it it's doesn't seem like she has decorated. a roommate. Maybe she does just off frame somewhere, but it seems like she's got a, a single. Uh, what, what Murphy bed is the mm-hmm. roommate pulling down? Yeah. Um, so he's making small talk about how soft her sheets are, especially in the dorm room. And she's like, yeah, I'm going to go shower before you get all mushy. Uh, Sean Parker and I'm Dakota johnson here mm-hmm. um so he gets up and asks me to check his email but like she can't hear him because she's already in the shower um so he pulls up the screen and boom there's them chats oh chatting kate and ashley shit. including the one from trauma rama saying won't martin harris just be like stay dead and go away how unethical is this of derek to print these out so i feel like it's sort of crossing a line here right it absolutely is mm-hmm. but I, I mean, just wonder if this choice? is going to come back. You know? uh, yeah. Like, how did you get these chat transcripts? Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, I feel like I don't know what the, the like legals, legalese of the discovery is. I don't think that really matters. I mean, we, but, we, we uh, can talk about that at the end of the episode, but yeah. As, as two, two law students, we can definitely talk about that. Mm-hmm. But like, definitely there's a, there's an Ashley and DT scene coming up. That's you would think it's going to be pleasant. You would think. Yeah. yeah um yeah so he's scrolling through and he knows what he's got he starts printing them off did you look at all these i mean i know that people um, try to. yeah I, there doesn't really seem like much here um this is the one time that's kind of hilarious where it's like it's clearly like digitally added chat onto a computer oh, monitor yeah. it's kind of funny in that regard yeah i mean it's just stuff like everything just looks so different in hindsight you know it's it's yeah there's no secret clue here let's put it that way you know yeah i thought i was getting away from danger but i walked right into it he was a yeah. wolf in cheap's clothing yeah yeah um 
yeah, back in the Wallace kitchen, we pick up with this fight and like Joy's angle is basically, you know, she was, uh, she was like doing whatever she could to protect her, her daughter. And Kate's just like, you mean manipulate your daughter. And there's like, oh, there's a whole speech here, which I kind of want to do. Cause it's fucking great. Uh, I mean, if you have it, then go for it. She says, you know, my therapist said that Martin Harris basically was grooming me from the moment that he met me. And I kept thinking, why me? But the answer is so obvious. My whole life, you've been toting me around like one of your purses. I believed everything you said. I did everything you asked. And the moment that I questioned you, you tore into me. You raised me to be blindly obedient, trusting and open. And he took that. But you teed him up. Yeah, that line, you know, you raised me to be blindly obedient, trusting and open. And he took that. She's screaming at joy. I mean... Olivia Holt really gets some some juicy material to work with and mm-hmm. on, on her episodes for sure. Yeah, Kate points out she did the Marsha Bailey show at her mother's urging and she got sued. And Joy's like, well, that's because you went off script. And Kate yells, because I'm not a puppet. <laughs> um, which Kate asks, yeah. why does why does daddy get that and you don't? And Oof. Joy's like, well, do you know what it's been like to me to watch you two joke and smile and enjoy movies like you used to, you and I used to. And yeah. so uh, Kate thinks like, well, that's why she made the letters because she's jealous. And Joy is just like, no, I'm jealous of your father and not you. And like, she made the letter because she knows that Kate needs a bad guy, which I find very interesting because is yeah. is Jeanette her bad guy? It's Could like be. Joy Joy knew that that Kate needed to be motivated. Like she needs to take this seriously. Yeah. yeah, and maybe maybe Kate always needs a bad guy, you know. And 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 if Jeanette is that person. Maybe there's, you know, a little more to the idea that it didn't really happen the way Kate said it did. Well, and I think that there's, <coughs> excuse me, um, some truth to the possibility that after trauma or in the middle of depression, you could probably drift mm-hmm. and like something that makes you suddenly start to care is a big deal. And I, mm-hmm. Again, I'm not, I'm not justifying joy at all. Like, but like, I feel like from a writing standpoint, I absolutely get this. It's like, as backwards as it is, this makes sense to me as far as like Joy oh, and I think thinking. Joy, I mean, Joy is her mother. She knows Kate. You know? Yeah, so yeah, she, yeah. She would know that something like this would be uh, impactful on her. Well, just I, I saw a lot of reactions from the internet. Just like, I fucking hate Joy after this. And I was just like, oh, yeah, sorry. Right. I was more enamored of how well this is written and acted. <laughs> I mean, I to me, I, I feel like I, I don't know if respect is the right word, but I can appreciate her point of view more in this episode. Even though, even though Joy seems like pretty awful most of the time, to me, it, it seems like this was actually not coming from a selfish place on Joy's part. Yeah, yeah. Or or it could be selfish. It could be flawed. But, like, I understand it at least. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Joy says that she didn't protect Kate from Martin Harris, and she's sorry, and she would die protecting her from everything else, even if Kate hates her for it. And Kate's crying, and she just says in a very small voice, you know, I miss you too. Um, and it's like... This could very well be the begin of healing between these two and like uh, getting to an actual healthy place between them. I don't know. It's 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 beautiful. Yeah. And then cut back to a very unhealthy p- place between them. It's uh, Kate is in her closet. She's packing up stuff in her bag, crying. And Joy walks in behind her and is just like, oh, perfect. Packing run away. How tacky. You know, just like not at all trying to diffuse the situation here. Kate says that doesn't sound like an apology for child abuse. <laughs> Yeah, uh, oh, and you go from 95 Joy, you know, Kate saying, I miss you too, to 93 Joy. She's calling naive, like naive and simple and boring and basically telling her to run away. She's sending her right into Martin Harris's arms. Well, and again, there's another line here. It's kind of a throwaway line, but like it feeds into the psychology of Joy. 
I know you very well because you're me 24 mm. years ago. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Ouch. I think um, you're so saying, saying more about yourself there, Joy, than you are about Kate. Absolutely. But also her fears for her daughter. I mean, I think especially following like the Cindy stuff last week, mm-hmm. it's like Cindy and, and Joy have a little bit more in common than we realized. And then they were um, the one to admit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we stay on Kate's face and she has to hear that from her mother. And then we get this cover of Wonderwall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's it's kind of a brink because the way they time some of the lyrics, but she like we cut the street at night. Kate comes to the focus. She's going to Martin Harris's house. It's intercut with like Joy still berating her daughter. She packs and like just Kate doing something horrible. So Joy is saying that, you know, Kate will run over friends and then she'll come crawling back her tail between her knees. Uh, we get a flashback to the basement. You know, Kate's like eating off a plate in the basement, reflecting the mirror. Eating on, stands behind on the her. ground. Yeah. I got the uh, yeah. dialogue here from Martin. Oh, go for it. Uh, it's just really creepy the way like we, we see him in the mirrored reflection and it's just like his legs because he's so fucking tall let me just say this on the ground it's so cold-blooded i was afraid to write down the words oh that's why i wrote them down exactly martin says i was thinking about what you said earlier that i was a sicko me the the person who keeps you clothed and as comfortable as possible the person who prepares your food before you go calling me names and making me out to be the bad guy I want you to remember exactly how you ended up here. Oof. Anyway, here's Wonderwall. <laughs> um, we watched Kate. She like lingers on another bite of food well, I and think accepts it. There's a really strong implication here. When he says, I prepare your food, she kind of stops eating. And it's like, I think we can use our imagination as to why she would hesitate at eating this food. But it's like she has to. And yeah. so it's like she has no choice. She's going to keep eating and, and yada, yada, yada. What comes it's, next? It's Well, but it, it's like... She's it's like in some some horrible, horrific way, she's like acquiescing. Yeah. You know, like this is the, again, he controlled her with food, we heard. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, in ninety-five, Jeanette's in her room just casually reading a paperback copy of the talented Mr. Ripley. What does it mean? What does it mean? And sighing her way through it. I just the yeah, talented seriously. Mr. Ripley, in case you're unaware, is about somebody who becomes obsessed with somebody else and like murders them and steals their identity. And 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 it's psychosexual as fuck mm. as all Patricia Highsmith works are. Patricia Highsmith, who also wrote um, The Price of Salt, which became Carol, mm. yada, yada, yada. Um, very, very thematic. Also, I haven't seen all of the most famous adaptation with Jude Law and Matt Damon. Uh, mm. I saw Purple Noon, but I haven't seen all of the most famous one. But uh, I just remember uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's line. Hey, Tommy, how's, how's the peeping? Uh, so so <laughs> Derek shows up and he's and she's like, What are you doing here? And he's like, being a good brother. And then he does he uh, your move where he just like slaps some of the chat tr- transcript pages uh-huh. down. Yeah. And uh, Jeanette's reading them and she's seeing that wow, Kate went to Martin Harris willingly. Um it intercut to this a little bit. We like cut to Kate walking up to Martin Harris's door. And- so as she gets to the door, that's when we get the lyrics. And all the roads that led you here are winding. And all the lights that light the way are blinding. Yeah. And Martin answers. And he's like, what's wrong? And she's like, you know, it's 10 o'clock. And she, Kate says, you know, I did what she said. I unloaded the secret I've been holding. You know, and he's like, what happened? And she says, my mom hit me. And it's like from if, if you had like just turned the show on right now and watched just this scene, you probably wouldn't like guess where this is going maybe i don't know you know yeah like in the moment it's like oh well, this is an adult authority figure she's going to because her mom hit her yeah yeah but uh, well, obviously I mean, I don't martin know. has other ideas and maybe <laughs> to some extent kate does too 
if you magically turned on mm-hmm. your your TV to freeform and yeah. never seen this before, and you don't know that this is a teenager too, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, this young woman has come to her handsome prince to rescue her or some fucking thing. Um, but she can't go to her friend's places because her mom would just find her and drag her home. I mean, it's like the way she's also not selling this. That's not the right word, but I don't know. I mean, she's definitely feeling like how vicious and vindictive her mother is. Yeah, and but he's like, like, I'm scared. And he's like, come inside and just I'll make you some tea. There's the wolf inviting the sheep in, basically. Yeah. And so we hear Jeanette's voiceover in case we didn't get it. She says, Kate went to Martin Harris's willingly. This changes everything. Mm-hmm. And I, there's a lot of discussion about this after the episode. It doesn't change any sort of guilt or culpability on Martin Harris's part or on Kate's part. What it changes is the lawsuit. Because yeah, if, yeah. if they can prove that Kate lied about the circumstances of her kidnapping and that she went there willingly, it kind of destroys her whole credibility and makes it much more likely that Jeanette would win the case. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I wrote my notes. Legally, maybe, but really, no. I mean, morally, ethically, no. But like, as far as the lawsuit goes, that that would be hugely damaging to Kate's uh, defense. Yeah, and they, they, the problem is they can't sue Martin Harris, unfortunately. Yeah, I suppose they could sue the school, but I mean, for the purposes of well, the TV show, it's you want it to be these two, you know, in a lawsuit against each other. It, it it wouldn't be the same type of show. She was like suing the the school and like the TV network. I guess they could they could sue the school though. The school's argument would be like the school year hadn't started. Yeah, yeah. School's like I I, I didn't say shit about shit. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, that is the end of episode seven. Do we have any uh, any feedback? Any follow up? Uh, any questions? Uh, only one that I missed from last last episode when uh, a friend of the pod, Kayla, asked, "Who's Tennille's dad?" Well, there's a yeah, it's a good question because there's the uh, you know the ex who's paying the child support. Mm-hmm. If that's not the dad, I mean, is is it secretly going to be like Greg or something? Or yeah. Uh, so everyone, if you're if you're wondering who is Tennille's dad, this is where I just I just text you a picture of Peter Hastings with a glass of scotch because <laughs> that guy's got a lot of jam. Yeah, I mean, who else? Uh, I mean, it, it, like other dads it could possibly be that we've met. It'd be like Greg, Scott Jones, the gardener, Hank. I don't know, you know, Mallory's Hank. dad somehow. Yeah, it's like there's not a whole lot of uh, possibilities. Pastor Ted. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Fucking Pastor I don't know. Ted. I don't think it's Greg. <laughs> Probably not now. Um, Hank is always going to be a funny option. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Like there, there's definitely a thing there if you want to look. At, I mean, I feel like the whole parental thing. It's like uh, this is a uh, this is like a certain contingent of fans. Like this is their Sarah Harvey before Sarah Harvey showed <laughs> up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or this is their Bethany Young. They want their like Marauders spinoff. That's just about the the fucking uh, twenty years earlier, like the seventies of Skyland, Texas. Mm-hmm. Which would be a weird season two. That would definitely be weird. Yeah. Okay. Do Riverdale style where like all the characters just play like their parents. All the oh, actors. amazing! Yeah, amazing. Well, that was that kind of like what Fargo season two did, or it's like the the dad was like the main character played by Patrick Wilson. 
Like I think so. I only watched like one episode of season two, and I don't know. At some point, I'll return to it. Yeah, I've seen like season one and season three. Mm-hmm. Welcome back to our Fargo podcast. Now that Mayor of Easttown is over. All right. Well, uh, no new reviews since uh, last time, since we just recorded the previous episode an hour ago. Mm-hmm. But uh, thanks everyone who's rated and reviewed the podcast. It uh, you know, helps get the words out, helps us chart and whatnot on iTunes or podcast app or whatever they're called now. Uh, if you want to support the podcast, you can rate or review us, or you can go to mynameistrouble.com or troubleallsfindsme.com. Either of those addresses will take you to the same website, which is our website page for some books we wrote. Two books about a girl detective named Trouble. You can get it on paperback. You can get it in an ebook. Check it out if you like mysteries, if you like Cruel Summer, if you like Pretty Little Liars, if you like us in general. We think you'd like these books. Uh, endorsed by Jeanette Turner. Who says she gets into trouble all the time? Mm-hmm. She makes trouble. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we will be back next time to talk about proof. Is the name of episode eight. Ooh, that's a fun one. Getting close to the end here. Big Vince. Big Vince episode. Big Vince episode. Yeah. All right. See you then. Bye bye.